Hey guys, it's your girl Jodi Ann, also known as I Go By Joe, and this is The E-Project. Let's start the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. I'm here with another amazing entrepreneur. His name is Benny Bing. He is what can I say? Just an amazing person. Thank like you. fantastic artist. Like your paintings are like breathtaking. We've already like we've talked, we've had a little conversation yes, from have. I think it was like last week. That's correct. And I, and I yeah. told you how I felt. Like it was just it's almost I'm like I'm lost for words at like how you're able to just showcase women of color and like their strength and their power and also in like a very like intimate soft delicate way at the same time oh wow thank yeah, you it's, I appreciate it's great that. so I truly welcome appreciate that. Thank, thank you, you. <laughs> thank you. it's, it's uh, no a problem. pleasure and honor to be on the e-project so yeah oh thank you I'm very happy to be here <laughs> honestly it's an honor for me like i'm like when you said yes i was like oh wow i was not shocked i was like oh, i was hoping I'm big time no no, no. I was, well i mean you are mr <laughs> De- um chapelle okay i i see your stuff but i mean you know, like people, I I always respect people's time. I know people mm-hmm. are busy. People, mm-hmm. uh, you're you're starting a couple new things. Like you have things going on. So I would understand if you're like not right now, um, but the fact that you like, you said yes and then you're now taking your time out. Like this was a, we've been together for a couple hours now. So um, yeah, I'm very very grateful. As Issa says, I support every, anything black. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> listen, I, I, know. I love Isa. I know I'm not going to talk into that. But, uh, no, I know you're a big fan. Oh but, yes. But um, but yeah, um, I, I I support you. So why not? I thought it was uh, I was honored, so I jumped on the invitation. Thank you. Thank I'm glad you. to be here and to to talk more about my uh, myself so? and my journey and the whole shebang. Yes. Well, you're very welcomed. <laughs> Thank you. So for those of um, so for people that don't know who you are, give. Give us a little bit of who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, my my name is Benga Alaga. I know I know a lot of people don't know that, but um, that is my real name, and I go by uh, the nickname Benny Bing. Um, it was a nickname that was created by, for me by a couple of friends and just kind of stuck. Um, I'm a visual artist from Toronto. Specifically, I um, focus mostly on portraits, um, using acrylic on canvas. And I, my primary subjects are um, women of color. So right now I'm working on uh, a new series called the Adelani series, which we were talking about last week, which a lot of people have been seeing around, around the city and seen online, and it's been catching a lot of. Um, it's, it's been it caught this wave that I didn't expect it to, and it happened overnight. But I think it's just based on. Black women, people love black women, right? And people love head wraps. And there's a whole new movement right now, and and people just love my work. And I'm humbled by the by by the reception. So, yeah, that's who I am, and what I do. Amazing. Well, just the beginning. Yes, right? so just, just the beginning. <laughs> just the just the intro. <laughs> so, how did you get started with all of this? Uh it's a, it's a very funny story. Not funny. It's very interesting. Um, and the reason I say that is because I telling the story, I kind of look back and and I and I didn't expect it to happen, and I didn't think I'd be here, you know, right now. If you asked me five years ago, where do you see yourself in five years? I would never have thought I would be a painter. So I met my my wife, current wife, um, uh, few years few years back, 
Um, and during that time, uh, she started, you know, doing things that opened up different talents of mine. So one of the it started with carpentry. I used to do carpentry as a kid back in Nigeria, where I grew up, and um, but I never you know, dabbled or touched it again or even tried to make anything. And we started making furniture when we got our first place together. So oh. I realized, oh, wow, okay. I didn't know I could, I could do that. It became something. Uh, and then Christmas of 2014, we were in Paris, and she buys me acrylic paint and a book on Basquiat mm. for Christmas. Basquiat is my favorite painter, but acrylic paint, I'm, I was still trying to figure out, well, what is this, right? And mm-hmm. we're in Paris, so all, at least you got me some, some champagne, some wine, <laughs> uh, but you got me acrylic paint. But I'm humble, and that's one thing about me. I'm, I always remain humble, so I accepted the gift and said, you know, when we get back to uh, Toronto, uh, I'll buy a, a canvas, paint to see what happens. Okay. Uh, so, we, you know, came back, bought a canvas, Super Bowl night of 2015, I picked up a brush, and I painted, and my life changed from that moment. Wow. I posted it on Instagram, and within the first two days, everybody was like, wait, hold, hold on a second, you paint? <laughs> um, so it wasn't like people were like, oh, wow, this is pretty, pretty nice for, for, for someone who's just you know, practicing. But people were like, this is quite amazing. And I didn't expect the reaction. I was just experimenting. And um, I love portraits. So I really, uh, my first painting was a painting of a portrait of a female. Uh, non-celebrity, just a face I saw online. And um, next thing, someone bought it online. So I said, okay, uh, as soon as I have something here. Mm-hmm. So I kept on going at it, and we live in the day and age of technology where you can find so much stuff online. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can educate yourself, and uh, you can learn a lot and um, find mentors and things like that. So uh, I started researching a lot more and finding different techniques and styles and trying to find what what is going to be Benny's style, what is going to separate me from any other artists out there. Mm. What are people going to say and say, oh, okay, that's that's him, that's Benny Bing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it took a couple of tries, but really what I loved was playing around with colors. Uh, so in the first uh, few months, I was testing, playing around with a lot of bright colors, yellows and blues and reds, uh, colors that really kind of invoke some type of emotion. Mm-hmm. I, I, I come from an advertising background, so what I realized was that there is, we use colors in advertising to get to you know, get certain reactions from the consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, some people know this, some people don't. It's, there's a whole book on this, uh, the whole aspect of the emotions and colors. So I started using those colors to see what kind of effects they have on the painting and from people looking at this painting. And I noticed that with certain colors I used, I got a certain reaction. Now, don't get me wrong. I have some painters that I look up to, and um, they have inspired me. For example, uh, there's a painter from France. Her name is Nelly Francois. She she inspired the style, and I just kind of took, took it and evolved in my own way. Okay. Uh, we, as an artist, you get inspiration from different places, different people, but you always have to find what makes you unique in that. And I just kept on going and um, eventually found my style. And I stuck to it and I kept on practicing. And, uh, and then one day, it just clicked. I never believed this before. People always said, 
you one day you'll find what you love to do and you never have to work a day in your life and blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, yeah that never happens. Uh, <laughs> you're going to work every single day of your life. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to pay bills. And uh, you might not like what you do, but it's life, right? Yeah. That's uh, adulting, as we now call it, yes. right? Um, but it clicked. This is my purpose. This is what I'm supposed to do. Wow. This is where I will find my happiness. There's still work involved. You mm -hmm. still have to put in the hard work. You still have to hustle. You still have to grind. Um, but I kind of find out what I'm happy doing that I know can inspire other people and make some, you know, inspire some type of change in some way or, or help out in some way, shape, or form. Inspire young kids to think about the arts especially young black kids. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I, I noticed, um, I live in Regent Park now, is, um, is really looking at the, the, new, the next generation and what inspires them and trying to get more kids into art and see you know, if you can open up a talent in a young child. And so that was what I was thinking of. Anyway, I can use this to kind of inspire the community, inspire anyone, the way that people have inspired me also growing up. Mm -hmm. So... That is that is how it, it first started. And one thing I do, not going to art school, so I never went to art school. <laughs> I'm proud of it. Which is, I mean, I think you just have a natural gift, and that's just Thank this you. is this really is what you were meant and born to do. Thank you. Like this was a God given gift. Thank you, and and I I truly believe that it it was a God given it's a, it's a talent and God given gift that has been in me that was not revealed. Mm -hmm. till I met the right person. And, and that's even more special. That's right, right? Um, we, we tend to, to forget that in each person that we meet in this journey we go through in life, well, whether significant or not, they are there to teach us certain things mm -hmm. or sometimes even open up certain things that you don't know, you, 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 things you can do, can't do, and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm really happy that my wife was able to do that for me and really show me, you know, something that I never thought I would ever do in my life. That's amazing. So now, <laughs> sorry, so now when people ask me, what do you see in five years? My answer is alive, you know. Like, <laughs> I like that answer. You know, like, I just hope I'm alive to continue doing whatever it is that I'm doing or I love doing. Um, that's why I think that question in interviews is the most uh, BS question ever. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I just asked the last person that question. <laughs> that I interviewed, mm -hmm. but I haven't asked that question in a very long time because it's, it's a very tricky question because you don't want to really can tell the future. You may have goals, which mm -hmm. is, I mean, that's another way of phrasing it. That's right. But it is a very, that question is very, like, very overused yeah. a lot. Like, what do you see yourself in five to ten years? Yeah. Yeah, kind of thing, but. Alive. Al yeah, alive. I yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, just. Alive and kicking, healthy, <laughs> you know. What, anything else is, you know, extra. You know is what I mean? It's a bonus. Yeah. Have you ever asked your wife what prompted her to get you that as a gift? Yeah. So that question came up um, the following Christmas. Okay. Both families were together, and uh, we'll, you know, this whole discussion came up because it was one year since I got this gift. Okay. <laughs> so um, I was like, what made you get me this? Because it was her and her mother. That went shopping to get to get this. So my mother-in-law and my wife. And I'm trying to figure out, um, why did you guys do that? The funniest thing is when we first moved in, we kind of made most of our furniture. And as, as I told you from the carpentry yeah. story. And uh, I needed some type of art in the house. Okay. And, um, I mean, we were low budget at this time. Yeah. Um, and 
So I was like, you know, I'll just, you know, buy a canvas and paint, uh, not, not paint, but it's like the acrylic markers. Okay. Used an acrylic marker to draw a face. And the face I drew was Fela Kuti. I'm a huge fan of Fela Kuti. He's a Nigerian musician. We call him the king and the father of Afrobeat music. Wow. You, you definitely know him. But anyway, moving on. Um, I drew Fela's face and I put it in her house. I remember her mom came over and her mom saw it. And her mom didn't know it was actually acrylic markers. She just thought it was paint. So she, so she was like, oh, this is nice. And that was it. That was the only compliment was that this is nice. You know, it's really, yeah. it's really beautiful. And that was it. My wife never mentioned anything after that. She said, oh, this is really good. We'll just keep this here till we're tired of it and <laughs> probably replace with some pictures. Okay. And um, so I think that's what sparked it was that she said, oh, you know, hey, he did this little thing with acrylic markers. Probably he can try something with this paint. Oh, and I think okay. that, and that kind of opened the door to everything. That is, wow. Everything just connected, aligned. Yeah. When, like, that's amazing. Yeah. So imagine you guys weren't on a budget. <laughs> and, you know, you know. And just bought everything and then, I mean, I'm not saying it wouldn't have happened. It would have, everything happens in time, but that's a pretty. Just imagine ev- if we went to Ikea and just decided just, to buy some Ikea. Yeah. Just, be, you know what, let's just, you know. That would have never, have, uh, <laughs> nothing ever happened because if you just have this big Ikea poster or right? a picture or, or any of the art that I even collect, uh, somebody would have, would have framed something. Yeah, and that would have been it, right? Um, but That's yeah. very interesting. I still think it would have came up again because I feel like this is too too good to be hidden, like for so long. It's 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 all. I, I think it's all about the right timing. And exactly, yeah, that That's as right. well. Uh, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that everything that you learn along the way in your life prepares you for something else mm. in the future, and everything I've lear- I learned in my um, in my twenties uh, prepared me for that next chapter in my 30s because when I look back now all the big changes in my life really started happening once I turned 30 interesting so once I turned 30 I met my wife wow right and then you know it just a year later you know I I, I'm a painter you know, and now we're going down this road, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm I'm just I'm not looking to see what is going to happen, you know, five years mm-hmm. or ten years now, but what's going to happen tomorrow? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what's going to happen next week? What's going to happen next year? And that's the question people will ask me. So, what's your what, what's next? And to be honest with you, most of the time my answer is I don't know. We're going to see. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying it to a couple of people um, about three months ago. And they're like, what do you mean we'll see? I'm like, I, to be honest with you, I I go along with the process. I believe in the process so much that I know something is going to happen. I just don't have any idea what it is yet. Mm-hmm. But when it does happen, I'm jumping on that train, and that train is moving fast mm-hmm. because it just keeps going. You're prepping yourself. Yeah. I'm always ready. I stay ready, you yes. know, 100. <laughs> I love that because it just... It allows you to enjoy the moment. That's right. And not be like, okay, wow, it's been two years. I got to hurry up and get my goals ready. You know what I mean? Like, That's right. So I like that. I like how you put that. Living in the now. Yeah, living in the now. I really That's like right. that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves of just, it's a very, like a lot of just, we want everything now and quick. Mm-hmm. And we want to know what's going to happen next. Like if our computer slows down for like two seconds later than it usually does, we go nuts. That's, yeah. And like... I think it's kind of sad that we we're not used to no one's patient anymore. Like patience is like almost a treasure now. 
Yeah. If you find it in someone, it's yeah. like, whoa, you have patience. Yeah. Thank you. Like, what is that? I, I mean, is the is the climate that we live in? Is the the times? It is. Um, it is technology, the the internet, and and things that we we have access to information very quick, very fast. Yes. That um, if other things in life don't come that fast, or we we are not able to get anything we need as quick, mm-hmm. we become impatient. Yeah, we do. Um, and it's really because of the technology in our hands. You know, if your iPhone is slow, you're kind of cheesed, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know? But you, you can wait, you know? I mean, if you if you look back um, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when we had, you know, those brick phones, technically, those, you know? Yeah. Uh, those, th- those things were not fast at all. No. But Dial up internet? At that time... <laughs> We were like, wow, this is it, you know. <laughs> we're like, this is so cool. Yeah, exactly. It's like right now, uh, in the next, you know, 10, 15 years, it will be, we'll be looking back like, remember when the iPhone X came whatever. out? And I think it was so slow as hell. It's you know? crazy. <laughs> you know? I'm almost a little scared, like, of how much more advanced we're going to get. It's a little... It's a little worrisome for me because, like, so right now we're like we're pretty we're we're there. I feel like we're we're definitely like we're somewhere. But just imagine how much more advanced we're gonna get. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as it's for the good and it's not gonna make us even more lazy or there's, more. There's you always, know what I mean, there's, there's always, always good a, and bad. there's always a good and bad. That's and I guess right. it's how you and how you take it as That's well. Right. So I think one one of the the things I I tend to do is kind of remove myself from the technology mm-hmm. and and just try to remember that we're human. Mm. And try not to let electronics interfere with your life mm. as a human being. And in regards to also interacting with people. Mm-hmm. So I used to be very big on Twitter. I used to be very big on, uh, you know, um, using my phone a lot. Um, TV, you know, very glued to the screen that you forget, you know, people in, like, in your household, whether it's roommates or siblings or, you know, parents. And, and then eventually I kind of, as I started getting older, I started realizing that the most important things are not in my tech is not in technology and the people around me mm-hmm. and if i don't make time for them or make time for that it's going to i'm going to really you know kind of regret this yeah. so what i did is i literally um caught myself off social media it was hard don't get me wrong this is not something easy i'm still there online i still yeah. use the social media for what is intended to do mm-hmm. um and now it's mostly for business with with the art and showing the world but being active no it's uh, it's also a fake world out there, mm-hmm. and um, I've met a lot of people on the internet that don't end up being as real as I thought they were. Mm. So I kind of, you know, um, have you lowered your expectations of on people online, like when you meet them in person, because of that? No, not at all. Okay, not at all. Um, I I still have, I, I give everybody equal chance. Okay, uh, till you not to you know individuals show you certain things about themselves and certain things you know you want you don't want to see in a person that you want to be around. Yeah. And then you just, you, you know, you don't need to be friends with everybody. Exactly. Right? That's yeah. true. You can have a lot of acquaintances, but you don't need to be friends with everybody. That's so it's, it's completely fine. I'm, I'm respectful to everyone I meet. Mm-hmm. There's certain things at my age um, and in my life that I'm looking for in people that I want to have in my circle. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that, it's cool. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, you're just not fit into my circle. And uh, you might fit into other people's circles. Okay. And... That's totally fine, also, right? That's you got to be do what's comfortable for you. Yes, right. Yeah, got to do what's like comfortable that. for you. You're doing giving me some gems here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what? I was talking, talking about art school, yes. right? So, the fact that I didn't go to art school, um, I didn't see that as an obstacle. Okay. So I what, now what? Now what I meet a lot of self thought artists. They they tend to feel they lack in something 
because of the fact they never went to art school. Mm. And I always tell them, nothing separates you from somebody who went to art school because there are a lot of people that go to art school, they don't have the talent to do what you're doing, but they can try and learn to be as talented as you are. Okay. Right? So, the, okay, the best way to put this is, I'll use music as, as a context, right? Okay. There are people that are really just talented. They can play guitar, play any instrument. And there are people that would have to learn how to read music. And they would do their best to really learn how to read and get really good at it and then play. But they're not as talented as someone who's a natural, mm. right? I don't know if that, that's a good analogy, but that's the way I see it. Art school is good because it allows you to understand art um, and the art world and the art industry, as a whole, okay, allows you to read art, which I I can't read art. I just what does it. that mean? Read so art. so read art. So they will say, look at this piece and tell me what you feel, okay. and break it down, and it could just be you know a yellow canvas with a white dot, right? Okay. And you can have like six different definitions or mm. theories based on what that is. Okay, I tell you, if you ask me what that is. That is a yellow canvas with a white dot, <laughs> right? That, that's but that's what I see. No, I know it's just <laughs> right, because right? you're like it's yellow with a white dot. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's just what I see. Yeah, right. Um, someone can say, "Oh, that's like a moon rising in a you know yellow sky." You know, whatever. That wow, people that's, can have yeah, their perspective. That's right. Yeah, that's what art school. I've noticed a lot of conversations in art schools around how to really interpret art and read art and be able to talk about art okay. and really articulate what your work also says and what your work is trying to say Okay. Uh, versus someone who, like myself, really just paints. Um, and I just paint. For me, there's certain things I'm looking to, certain message I'm trying to convey and pass on with my work. Okay. And if you can see that and see more, even better. Okay. But yes. once you see exactly my message... My job is done. And once you can spread that message onto the next person, even more wonderful. Now, if you see anything more than that in there, great. So a lot of things I've noticed, if you don't go to art school, one thing I, I, try, I did for myself was to find a mentor. You know, these days, we, 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 we came from a generation past where there was a lot of apprenticeship. There was a lot of mentors in different fields. Yes. And now it's like we are in a new generation where everybody feels like I know everything. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I went to school. I went to U of T. I went to um, Concordia. I went to Ryerson. I went to York. I went to Queens. I know something. I, you know. Meanwhile, you can learn so much more from somebody else that has more life experience than you. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I did. I reached out to this guy. And um, he was working at an art store. I walked in, and my first question was, how do I get my art in here? And he says, you're never going to get your art in here. Interesting. I was like, um, okay, that's, okay. that's cool. <laughs> so what do you mean by that? Is like, um, so this, so the, the gallery he was working at was, a, was owned by a, a Chinese dealer, and all the art in there was from contemporary Chinese artists from China. Okay. So you're never getting your art in there, okay. right? So, so, that, so when, I, when he said that, I was like, okay, I get it. So where can I get my art into and what can I do? Uh, so he broke down the whole industry to me. He broke down everything. And I, he's an amazing guy because we had coffee and drink several times. His name is Mark Liam Smith, amazing artist. I love this guy to death uh, because he, he, he taught me a lot. And because of the knowledge that he gifted me, mm-hmm. I was able to jump over a lot of obstacles 
that I see some self-taught artists right now that I speak with okay. are currently facing. Mm. And I share that information with them, too. So this okay. way, we we, we got to help each other in the industry, especially self-taught. Um, if you can help someone to move past something, it's always important, mm-hmm. just the same way he did. And uh, he kind of, you know, told me that the four most important things, the four pillars of success in art. The first one is to remember that everything is luck, right? Okay. Some people call it luck. Some people call it destiny. Some people call it coincidence. Some people call it God. Some people call it blessings. Um, you can be right place, right time. And somebody says, oh, wow, that is, that's your work. I'm the owner of such and such gallery, or I represent these artists, and this could be some big New York dealer. Oh, wow. Right? And boom, you're connected. Right? And the next one is mastering your art, being the master of your craft, understanding how to, you know, your, your brushes, your tools, your canvases, what does what, and really getting good at your craft okay. and not getting complacent and too comfortable. Right. So if you look at my if you look at my work specifically, if you look at my work from two years ago and you look at my work now, you can tell there's a huge difference. And I keep that on my on, on my website. You can see from when I first started till now. So people can see that growth and people can see the difference and see that there is a journey here in the process. Right. Um, and this, the, the, the third one was connections, networking. You got to go out there and meet people. Get connections in galleries. Let people see your face. So if you're going to a lot of openings and a lot of shows, people see your face. People say, oh, who's that guy? Like he's, I keep on seeing him everywhere. Eventually, at one point, they're going to come to you talk to you. Hey, they're my name is such and such you. because I haven't seen you in like every single show. And you make connections that way. You meet people that way. And uh, the last one was I completely forgot right now. That's okay. <laughs> okay. I completely forgot the last one. But um, those three were really key. And um, I was like, wow, that... That is, that, is, that is crazy because when you put all those things together, that allows you to go out there and understand that your hard work is going to eventually pay off if you follow some of these rules and you have some of these things as a foundation for you, mm-hmm. right? And, and I've been so blessed with, you know, with him. Uh, you know, we hang out whenever we can. He came to my opening, and it's been, it's been an interesting experience so far. I like that. So it was mastering your technique, mastering your, your mastering your craft, mastering your, your craft and your technique, uh, connect, uh, networking, which will be connections, faith, luck, and faith, luck. That was number two or three. That's or right. Two, two yeah. Or, so that's yeah, right. That was so, yeah. so uh, luck and uh, yeah, they're kind of the same. Kind of go hand in hand. Hand in hand. Yeah. 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 I like that. That I feel like that goes for a lot of things. Yeah. Especially as creatives. Yeah. That is like that's huge because especially when it comes to networking that one because a lot of artists i find are introverts a lot of them and i mean there are a lot that aren't as well but i feel like if you just always stay to yourself or only the people that you know Mm -hmm. you're not gonna you're kind of limiting yourself you're not allowing yourself to grow and expand your network to meet other people because you never know who's going to be at that that opening or or that that show or that event it could be someone that just happens to see your work or even you bump into and you're like oh hey what do you do you tell them what you do and they're like oh i'm actually looking for a photographer i'm looking for an artist or you know so that's right i think that one especially is really really important i just remember the last one oh hard work and consistency oh that's a good one so yes uh, hard work and consistency he said wake up every day like you're like this is the job you're going to a nine-to-five Okay. So, so you know, one thing you realize with a lot of, of people that 
are self-employed mm-hmm. or work from home is they would say, ah, I can wake up anytime. I make my own hours. Yeah. But really, they lie to themselves. So instead of really um, working and really putting in a hard work, they're only working three time, three hours out of the day mm-hmm. instead of really utilizing the whole day. Okay. Uh, and that, or they'll be working a few hours spread around the day. He yeah. says, you know, you, you wake up like basically you're your own boss and if you're late to work, your, your ass is on the line. Yeah. And that's very important. So that's something I instilled in myself. I still get up in the morning, you know, whenever my wife is going to work. And we sometimes might have breakfast together. Sometimes it doesn't happen, but I'm up. And I kind of, you know, sometimes if I have something I'm really inspired to do, I will be painting from 9 to about 2 or 3 in the afternoon before I ever take a break. Wow. And, you know, the break, it's needed because I have a, I have a wonderful dog that, <laughs> that, that needs to get out. Yes. And, um... And also, you know, you need to eat. You need to kind of take care of yourself. Because as an artist, sometimes when you're so in the zone, yeah, um, as we call it, you get so lost on, on the concept of time. And you can kind of forget. You forget to eat, forget to drink, forget to care for yourself. I spoke to several artists when I thought it was something that only I was experiencing. And they're like, no, no, we all go through this. Like, it's crazy because some, you know, one artist I will mention who the person is, but they said... Um, Sometimes I even forget to shower for three days, wow, right? Just you're because really I'm, in I'm it. so in it, and um, and the person would uh, friends would come over, have to bring food over because the person wouldn't eat. And wow. I said, how do you how do you get so consumed that way? The, per- yeah. the person was just, you know, they're just in that moment that it's hard to remove themselves from. It. It's almost like a trance, mm. and it's that creativeness in us. Like when you're in that creative moment, it's really hard to kind of let go because you feel like if I don't do this, I don't know what the outcome is going to be, and if I don't, if I if I don't really let this out, I might lose that. You don't want to lose it. That, that the thing momentum, right there. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I think yeah, that makes sense because it's almost if you, when you're in it, in it, and you're like, okay, let me just go do whatever, whatever, and it's like, oh man, like. You will, you do kind of lose it in a sense, yeah. sort of. So I kind of, but that that's commitment. Like that is some um, three days. Yeah, that's, um, yeah. <laughs> he's they're in a trance but, for but sure. That, that, I, yeah, those are individuals that work on certain bigger, big or really deep pieces. Um, I, I I tend to always kind of take a step back. Okay. Um, because I need um, fresh eyes, mm-hmm. as we call it. Just to kind of look back and, and say, okay, probably I can do this better. Or probably I can do this better. Because sometimes I can be really, you know, into a painting and all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, this is really looking good. This is really looking good. The moment I step back, I'm like, oh, man, this is terrible. Interesting. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm too into it. I have, you know, when you take a step back, you realize, yeah, this is not as great as I thought it was. And I think this is and this is what I would change. And, you know, you kind of start debating and talking about to yourself, of course, and your head trying to figure out where you're going to go, what direction you're going to go in. Mm. And it allows you to get better. So fresh eyes is always what I recommend when I'm so I'm too deep in it. I'll be like, okay, I'll, I'll leave this tomorrow morning. I'll get up and tackle it. Okay. And I work from home. So this is me. I wake up at night to use the washroom. I put on the light and I'm just staring at the paint. <laughs> and this is like 3 a.m. in the morning. It's nice 4 a.m. in the morning. And uh, my wife was like, get to bed. Of course. <laughs> put back, put off the light. And I'm like, okay. You know, because I could actually go back to painting right at that specific moment. You're passionate. And, um, and so, oh, sometimes I might paint at early hours in the morning. It's not healthy. I changed that because I... Um, uh, I'm, I'm living more of a healthy lifestyle now, okay. and um, I, I realize that 
it was taking it was taking a toll on my body because okay. um, I was not eating properly. I was um, indulging in you know a lot of alcohol, okay. and um, that. I thought was giving me inspiration, but of course it wasn't. Okay. Um, so all these things you kind of learned along the way that substances never make you creative or inspire you in any way. Okay. Uh, a clean state of mind is always the natural and better way to go at it. I agree. And that's something that I've learned over time. Interesting. You definitely know you know what you're doing. You definitely continue the growth in just even your personality, like kind of like what you what you said you were how you were in the beginning till now. So that's amazing. Thank you. Thank so you. how did you make the transition from working like your full time mm-hmm. nine to five to now your full time artist? So um, it 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 wasn't a hard transition. Okay. And the reason I'll say that is because um, I was blessed in two ways. One, I was blessed in that I saw that what I was doing was not good for me and meaning my career at the time. Okay. And uh, two, I, already, I had the marketing experience on how to market my work as an artist. Okay. So this is something that I've noticed, too, that a lot of um, self-taught young upcoming artists don't have the knowledge of is how to market themselves effectively using social media. Mm. Which is something that I, I I would accredit to my success. Okay. So I've, so let's start with with, the, with my my career at the time. I was in marketing. I was a digital marketing uh, specialist, a senior account manager at a great company here in Toronto. Great in the sense that I loved my clients and I loved what I did. The company itself wasn't as as ethical ethical as I wanted it to be. Okay. Um, so there were some things that I wasn't quite happy with in the work environment that. I won it out. But in this day and age where, you know, you're know, you tr- you're really trying your best to uh, get another job before you leave one, right? Yes. <laughs> I don't want to just quit. Yeah, of course. Um, not a rich kid. So, <laughs> uh, uh, so it, I, every, all of the art was happening simultaneously at the same time. I was really getting frustrated with my job. Okay. So at one point I was like, I think it's time for me to go full time, right? I... Put enough money on the side as a safety blanket for six months. Okay. And I said, if in six months nothing happens, I can do this, I'll jump back into the workforce. Okay. Right? I give myself six months. Okay. I have enough money to last me for six months. And if after six months things work, then we're good. Okay. So let's do this. (laughs) So I, I resigned, gave my letter of resignation. They were like, oh, well, so what are you going to do? Where are you going to work? And I said, oh, um, <laughs> I'm going to do art. They're like, really? You're an artist? I'm like, yeah. And okay, well, good luck with your art. Of course. They're so, ugh. Uh, I'll never yeah. forget that exit interview. It was the most sarcastic um, comment she made. But I laughed. This is your manager? No, this oh. was the, the HR okay. manager. And uh, I kind of laughed it off. And I was like, you know what? Uh, that's totally fine. I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm going. And I walked out that door, and I've never looked back. Wow. And um, and everything happened right after that. So what happened? So one of the things I did was our, our, my job is really helping small businesses, like mom-and-pop stores, grow their online presence using social media and digital marketing. Okay. So I incorporated that into my art as a business. Mm. So the whole idea is, as an artist, you, you're, you're great because you're creating the art. But if you're not able to get into the business side of art, then you lose out 
to other people who can't. And there's a huge market there that is waiting to buy your art. Mm. So remember that canvas that's yellow with a white dot? Yes. There's a huge market for that art. Oh, of course. Right? So there's a huge market because it's subjective, right? People like different things. I've met people that say, oh, your work is really nice, but I'll never put that in my house. Interesting. Yeah, I'm like, that's totally fine. But I mean, I guess everyone has their taste or or have no taste at all, but continue. Absolutely. (laughs) Different things for different different folks, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so I took that I took that concept and implemented it into my created a website, marketed my website, created a um, transformed my social media from personal into artist, mm. and kind of removed all the fluff. You deleted like whatever. Oh, I deleted yeah. every anything that had that was fluff. What okay. I mean by fluff, no one cares about Benny's personal life, what I cooked or what I ate today. I'm not a celebrity. No one cares about me. It's really about the art you come to, to see. Okay. So, you know, kind of focus on that. Really just show people the art. Okay. And the more you focus on what people uh, or what people like, you would see it grow. And I started focusing on just showing my work and people like, well, this is what we like. And they tell their friends and tell their friends. Exactly. And um, my first major sale came from Instagram. Really? Yeah. A gallery in Nigeria that's following me. This is back in 2015. A gallery in Nigeria saw a painting on my Instagram, said, hey, listen, we have a client that would love this painting. Do you want to sell it? I'm like, absolutely. It's for sale. We discussed the price. They said, fine, paid for it. They, sent, you know, they paid, sent money. We did everything. Wow. Ship it to this place. Okay. So I shipped it over there. But I'm curious to know, who is this person I'm shipping it to? Yeah. It's a Nigerian guy. So I'm like, let me Google his name. <laughs> I Google his name, and he's an executive of Facebook. What? Yeah. So I was like, oh, wow, okay. So this gallery that I had no idea who they were yeah. was following me. They, th- This guy saw my work through Instagram. Through th- it's, it's a very funny connection, right? That's so interesting. And, you know, I was like, oh, wow. So, you know, using that and utilizing that, uh, that avenue to sell your work and really make serious revenue from it is, is possible. Right now, I would say 60, 65% of my sales come from Instagram. The power of social media. Power of social media. It's, it's crazy. It's just the same thing with The weekend, right? Um, so the ACC, um, Air Canada Center, yeah. which is owned by MLSE, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. They okay. own the ACC, the Raptors, um, Toronto FC. They commissioned a painting for... The weekend. Now, when it was commissioned originally, I didn't know it was for him. They just hit me up and were like, hey, we want you to do a painting of the weekend. Can you do it? I said, sure. I didn't know. Next thing they said, could you come deliver at the ACC? And this is now backstage at the his, his tour at the time. Wow. And I'm like, <laughs> I you know, these things happen. Yeah. And you don't expect them to happen. They all just happen like that. Yeah. Right? And I, and, and I, I just truly believe, uh, I was saying this earlier today to, to O'Shea, and I was like, um, I'm, I'm basically in a vehicle in this life, and I'm the passenger. And God is the driver. And I'm just there, humbly accepting every single, every single <laughs> Thank stop. You. Thank you. <laughs> no, we're going in. And, um, and, and that's how that happened. And really you know, kind of going on with that. 
So when I did my um my I did a private screening of the Adelani series, which I'm going to talk about more later on. Okay. Um, and right after that, Cardinal official, great Cardinal from Toronto, mm-hmm. hit me up on Instagram. He's like, "Hey, listen, I want you to do a portrait of Dave Chappelle for his birthday. Would that be something you're interested in doing?" I was like, like "Uh, yes." <laughs> Sure. Why not? <laughs> what size are we talking about? All right? And, and so we went back and forth. I did it. And he gave it to him because Dave Chappelle, uh, his birthday was the last day of his residency at Radio City in New York. He did this 14-day um, event, uh, residency. Okay. And uh, the last day was his birthday, and they, they presented it to him. And it was very humbling. He kept on asking, who the hell is Benny Bing? Who the hell is Benny Bing? i got to put this in my living room. And I was like, and Cardinal was like, yeah, he has his living room right now. I was like, no way. I was like, yeah, man. You're blessed. You're blessed. And I was like, man, I'm just humbled to, to have this happen to me. Mm-hmm. And that's one important thing about that I, one of my important models is, um, and I wrote that in the book, which is, Stay humble. That is my, and it's the first line, and is the most, that's, that's my, my motto, my key, mm. is to always remember to stay humble. Because on your way up, you would meet different people. Yeah. Um, and if you, unfortunately, shit on those people you meet on your way up, on something, you're going to meet those same people on your way down. Mm. And sometimes your humility, your humility is what's important in helping you when you're at the bottom. Yeah. Right. Um, and even just navigating through life, you know, stay humble just in everything you do. Just be kind to people. Yeah. I, I think so, so we live in 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 a time right now where it, where it's all about me, 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 me. Look at me. I'm Benny Bing. <laughs> I'm the artist. Forget about my work. You should know me. Mm. I'm famous. Do you know who I am? You know, I've done work for such and such. It's like, no, it's not about me. It's about the work. So, no one's yeah. going to hang Benny Bing in their house, you know? <laughs> no one wants me to just stand in the house and be like, hi, I'm Benny Bing, yeah. <laughs> you know? But you know, someone comes in for, for a dinner party, he's like, oh, yeah, we have a Benny Bing just standing right here in the house, you know? No, no one cares about you. Uh, you know, it's really about your work, and your work is what's going to speak for itself. Mm. So when people see my work sometimes, they, oh, I, I, one of the things I know is now on Instagram is someone would take a picture of my work somewhere, probably at Daniel Spectrum or at a cafe or something, and they say, and they don't know who it is, or they don't capture my name. Okay. One of their friends will always comment, oh, that's Benny Bing. And I'm like, that's exactly what I want. You know, the work to have the notoriety mm-hmm. that people can tell, that's him. That's a Benny Bing portrait. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's very distinctive. When you look at it, you just know anywhere you around the world, if you see it, that's a Benny Bing portrait. It's beautiful. Thank you. That's what what I work so hard to get to, where the work itself can be seen, and people's like, yeah, Benny. And I love, I love that your friends gave you that nickname. Yeah, it's very catchy. It's very, yeah, it's just easy. It's, yeah, I like it. I used to be a big fan of Sopranos. Well, I'm still a big fan of Sopranos. I, I can watch reruns all day. <laughs> um, and we 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 were having we, every Sunday we used to meet up and. Well, I remember ordering pizza and I was trying to get to the door, but you know, the store was starting. And they're like, hey, Benny, be quick, man. Benny Bing, 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 Benny Bing, bada boom. Benny oh. Bing. And I was like, okay. And then literally from that day, everyone called me Benny Bing. And That's so awesome. I used I used that as a nickname for all my social media at that time. Yeah. And uh, it just kind of st- stuck. 
and stayed on. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, that that's wonderful. And it's the perfect marketable name. It's very, mar- yeah, it is. So someone said, oh, your last name is Bing? I'm like, no, that's not even my name. <laughs> and when I tell people my name, I'm like, really, what? I'm like, yeah, Olu Benga Laga. Ooh, I'm like, what? Olu I'm like, Benga Laga. I didn't know you're Nigerian. I'm like, yeah, very Nigerian. <laughs> <laughs> Born and raised. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. When did you come to Canada? When I was 16. 16. But okay. uh, but before well, I moved back finally when I was 16, but, but I used to come back and forth as a kid. Okay. So my mom's my dad's Nigerian, my mom's Bayesian. They both met met in Regent Park. Oh. Where I currently live. That's actually really sweet. <laughs> yeah. And uh they got married, moved back to Africa, had us and so we we uh, we lived in Nigeria because my dad really wanted us to get an, a sense of an, of our identity, where we were from, mm-hmm. kind of really um, know where home is. Yeah. So we actually vacationed in Canada. Oh, and interesting. And lived in Nigeria. So my, because my grandmother, Beijing, when she was like, no, she didn't come to Nigeria. She wants to, you know, she wants her grandkids to come here. So, yeah. and to us, it was a treat. So yeah. whenever we came to Canada, it was like, we're going to go see grandma too, right? Mm-hmm. So it was, it was really fun. Uh, but I moved back finally to uh, to continue my education post-secondary when I was uh, 16, late 16, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So I was early 2000, well, 2000, and um, I lived in Montreal because my, my mom's family, it's originally they live in Montreal. Okay. Um, so it's, it's, it, was, it was a good time in Montreal. Unfortunately, uh, things didn't work out the way I wanted it to after okay. school with employment. Especially if you're not uh, a fluent French speaker. Okay. So I decided to pack my things and take my talents to Toronto. Okay. <laughs> Especially being in Montreal. I mean, I'm sure it would be good to to be a little fluent in some French. That's I'm, right. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can get by with some conversational, but yeah. I mean, to to really hold a a, a good job, and you, the... you need to have you need to speak French mm. fluently. And uh, life has a funny way of uh, things working out. My wife is French. Interesting. Yeah. Every, yeah. Just listen. It, everything just keeps coming back full circle for full you. Full circle. <laughs> right? Um, That's crazy. Yeah, but she's, she's not Quebecois. She's from France. She's like Parisian yeah, French. Yeah, Parisian French. That's the French. And, Sorry, uh, Canada. I don't mean to, but you know. <laughs> and uh, it was crazy because then... I was like, wait, hold on a second. This is happening again? You know? <laughs> but I'm realizing now, I was like, well, this is your life, right? Um, you try to run away from it. It comes back. It comes back, yeah. So, but, but, but half my family's French. Um, my uncles are all French. And my, okay. um, my brother's married to a Haitian. Um, my, my nieces and nephew are half Haitian. Um, yeah. So French is in my family. And so it's just... I just continued. <laughs> to kind of go back. It's going to come back. That's You're right. meant to. So, are you studying a little bit for yourself? Yeah. Are you learning some more? I yeah. mean, your wife's fluent, so that's right. Um, yes, I am. Um, I'm not. I'm not just as um, dedicated as I should be, uh, but uh, we have one French day during the week, so one day I can speak English. Oh, and that's yeah, awesome. So the whole day is French in the house. That's French really cool. TV and. Oh, everything. Everything. See, okay. Yeah, I haven't watched French TV shows and <laughs> right all the French TV shows from France because she has a, a this digital thing where you can watch all the TV shows and it's the TV is very different from ours. Okay. And so I, I like it. We're we're so obsessed with um, the wow, and they're more obsessed with other things about human experiences. And so the shows are actually very interesting. Their reality shows to me are the best. 
She loves ours because ours has a lot of drama. Drama, of course. Um, the, but there's a there's this like specific, you know. Uh, give I'll give a good example. Do you know the MTV show uh, where they have to match all the couples? Like on the like the dating ones. The dating ones. Okay, yeah. yeah. You know, there's like one of them. Yeah, they have to. There's like 14 couples, but they don't know who is who is who is the perfect match, and they have to get the perfect oh, match. Oh, okay, yes, I've seen that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Perfect. Okay, they have the same thing in France. Okay. The whole show itself is a strategic show. You have to figure out who's your match, and then get you know all of you. Once you get all the beams, you win money. So it's really about a strategic thing to get money. But the American and Canadian North American version, everybody's just straight up. You know, having fun, yeah, drinking, having sex. It's not really cooking about, up. Oh, and in the French one, everybody's just like, okay, so what do you like about yourself? And they're really talking. <laughs> and, and I'm like, this is really what the show is about. But they take it to the extreme, right? So the shows are kind of different. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's more uh, just learning the language. Okay. Um, so uh, when I watch the, you know, you can't take it in and say, you know, an hour of French television, you know, every other day is good for you because it helps you to learn an experience. So yeah, interesting. I like that. Yes, but I know all the curse words. You know, those are the first <laughs> things you learn. So you know, if someone's cursing you out, saying some some wild stuff that you can, you know, retaliate. Oh God! But I was I kind of got into French rap. <laughs> French rap is very interesting. I've heard, and I'm like, huh, this is. I mean, I could take it in doses, but mm-hmm. it's 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 different. But it, but I like it. I'm obsessed now with this guy called Niska. Niska. Yeah, it's like trap, um, French trap. Okay, but it's um it's it's, it's golly music, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's just um it's just interesting, and she keeps on telling me like, why are you so obsessed with this guy? And I was like, I don't know. It's just it's like Booba. I was so into Booba back in the day, and same thing now when I hear some songs. But hey, listen, that's just part of the things that you know excite me about about the culture, and I get to learn more every time I go and uh, we visit and things like that. I like. That. Do you think that would have an impact? especially to the Parisian culture with your art in the future? Absolutely. So um, I would say I have six great, good collectors in France. Okay. Um, just from her family's connections. Okay. Um, uh, and it's... it's I, I will probably probably do a show next year or in the coming years there for sure. Okay. Um, because there's a whole... When I, when I look at the statistics of people by country looking at my work... France comes in as number three. Mm. So there's a wow. huge volume of people there um, that love the work. Okay. And, but also I notice is there is a, there is a, a, a French individual, I won't, I won't say they're a celebrity, but they're a quite famous person, well-known person okay. in the black community who's following me and she's all into head wraps. So with a head wrap series, she's kind of posted everything. So okay. there's a huge community of them that follow me and I, I kind of realized that that's also where it's coming from. So because black women in any country who are into head wraps will love the Adelani series. Yes. So that's something that I believe is not just from my wife's side, but also with an organic following that just kind of happened online. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one one thing that never goes old: head wraps, black women. I mean, people love to um, get. I'm going to use quotes. Get inspired by us. That's right. <laughs> they get muses. very inspired. Right. Yeah, we're muses that's right. <laughs> for centuries. That's right. And and that's that, <laughs> so that, that's the most that's a part of the Adelaide series of why I did it. Okay. Um, so I want to talk about that more with you. Um, uh, this is a good pivot into that. Um, <laughs> so 
the Adelani series started off with one painting of a Nigerian girl okay. in a head wrap with uh, with her with a tongue sticking out. She was an Instagram follower of mine. She is an Instagram follower of mine. Okay. Um, she had this picture on her Instagram of her wearing this head wrap sticking out the tongue. Very fun picture. Playful, yeah. Playful, very playful too. And I love, I just loved it. So I did it. I painted it, and she just, she, she, she loved it. She shared it, and everyone was like, "This is amazing." And it was the first time I ever challenged myself in putting as much detail in a head wrap. I've never done a head wrap before and getting all that detail in, you know, the, the creases and everything. Yeah, and the folds. The like, folds. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Okay. And uh, so it was my first attempt. And that was November of last year. And then in January, I did a hijab piece for Donald Trump's inauguration. Okay. It was like, paint Trump, paint Trump. I'm like... My work is to be positive, not to be negative. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to paint something that will be as negative as that. So what I did instead is I painted a, a black woman, okay, a Muslim black woman. So we're looking at three minorities, okay, in a um, United States flag hijab mm. with the backdrop of the Bill of Rights, and I titled it "United We Stand." So I tag, I'm tackling three minority groups in that painting itself. That's powerful. And that was well received. But I realized that it didn't have as much detail in the head wrap. It had detail, but not as much as I wanted. So I was like, I should do another head wrap again. Well, before I decided I wanted to do that head wrap, I was like, this year, I don't want to paint men. I just want to paint women. Okay. Women only. Specifically, black women. Because this is something that my, my brother-in-law had been telling me. He's like, whenever you paint black subjects, there's, there's, there's just there's something about it. It's much more powerful than mm. when you paint celebrities or when you paint white folks or when you paint anybody else. Mm-hmm. There's something about black females that you paint. And it has this, it's really strong, it's really gorgeous and beautiful. You should, you should you know, do more of that. And I was like, I see where he's coming from, but I don't want to be limited to that. But then as I looking back, I was like, you know what? Yeah, he does have something here. And also, you start to see, beginning of the year, you kind of saw women really speaking out. Yes, very right? much. Because they're, sl- they're losing rights, um, you know, with that individual in office, with different things happening around the world, not just in the States, but in Canada, in Africa, around the world. The place of the woman is is changing. We're going through a, a magnificent shift right now. Mm-hmm. And what better way to highlight and put the, the black female on the pedestal right now? Mm-hmm. And how how to how, how would I do that? So I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do a couple of head head wrap series uh, head wrap pieces and see what happens from there. So the first two I did, I gave them the I didn't want to call it queens because every time. You know, we black folks yeah. who paint the black woman like my queen. And I'm like, you know what? It's kind of cliche at this point now. No. So I took it a step further. Okay. I named every single piece after the word queen in an African language. So Kendake is the word for queen from the ancient Kush kingdom, which is modern day Ethiopia. Wow. And uh, Makeda is, um, I think, Zulu for, for queen. 
I painted those two, and these are individuals that I follow on Instagram. And these are also entrepreneurs, uh, young female entrepreneurs that have head wrap companies okay. that are doing very well for themselves. Um, and so I, I did those two. I showcased them in February at the Artist Project, which is um, a contemporary art fair for artists here in Toronto. Okay. And it was well received. Um, I can only imagine. My that. booth was um, buzzing. If I can say that, I couldn't keep up. There were so many people. People were coming to take pictures, and it really, no, it really got a lot of exposure. It was well received. So I, 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 I decided to continue the series, and I decided to call it Adilani because Adilani is Yoruba for "We own the crown." Oh, I like that. So it's it's not just that here's the crown, mm-hmm. but we own it. And that head wrap symbolizes the crown. And head wraps have always been, for years, had a very negative... Very shamed. Yeah, yeah, connotation to them. It was used to cover up the beauty of black women at times, during the slave times. Mm -hmm. But in Africa, where I'm from, head wraps were something that you wore to signify several things. If you were married, your, your wrap... The nut would be on the right side. Okay. Or if you're single, it could be on the left side, which indicates to men your marital status. Like, oh. Yeah. There's, uh, so I could be wrong about the left or right, but actually the head wrap, yeah. depending on how it's wrapped, determines c- certain things. So it's very symbolic. Very symbolic. Interesting. And so I, I didn't want it to just have that thing. Was, it was only based on slavery over the head wrap but because... Women still wear the head wrap in Africa today. Yeah. And we love it. I mean, we have different types of head wrap. We have, we have the gilly. The gilly is the one that you see. You know, the wings almost. Exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, those are majestic when you see it. And I Beautiful. mean, every single Nigerian wedding or event, you know, they have that gilly. It's like pff, amazing. Um, so, not just, so not just the crown, but we own the crown. Mm-hmm. So really taking back and removing a negative connotation of the head wrap from slave times to what it is now as black women really embracing our own identity, mm. self-pride, you know, really embracing who we are. Not being ashamed. Exactly. Individuality. Because whenever you see it, whenever I see a woman here wearing head wrap now, I stop and just tell man, sister, you're beautiful, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. I, I just want to let you know this is really beautiful. I love it. And I just walk away. Because it lets them know your individuality is accepted and it's is okay. appreciated mm-hmm. and we love it right especially hearing it from your own people a black man that's right cuz you don't sadly enough you sometimes you don't hear it enough mm-hmm. from your black men sometimes that's right so i'm saying i think that's even makes it even more special that's right absolutely so so it 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 really uh so once i did i think i, I did the the first 8 I decided that I, I was speaking to different galleries to, sh- to do an opening, to, to do a whole show for mm-hmm. it. And I, I wasn't getting a very positive response yet. Okay. So I decided, um, like all things I do, self-funded. <laughs> funded my, did a whole show of my own pocket. Okay, wow. So all of, all, of my, all of my shows, my major shows, I've done four shows. And I've, I've not done through any gallery. Everything has been through my own pocket. Wow. Self-funded. That's because I am more of a... I, I, I write my own, I'm the architect of the future, of my own future. Okay. I don't want to wait for nobody to tell me, oh, you know what, we're going to take you on or beg anybody to take me on. If, I, if, I, if you can do it, that's fine. I'll do it myself mm-hmm. and I'll get, I'll get it out there. And mm. that's what I did. 
It was a private screening, a one-day private session, private screening for friends and collectors. And uh, my following that is in Toronto that oh, has been wanting to see the work in person. So we 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 did it um, in September in Liberty Village, where I received, where mm-hmm. I received. And so the collection is going to continue because after that show, a gallery in New York, OK Space, decided to pick up the show um, for you know for for summertime 2018. What congratulations! Thank you, thank you. I mean, no, congratulations. Thank that you. is, I don't even know. What to say. Thank <laughs> congratulations! You. Thank you. That's a major blessing. Thank you so much. And that's you taking that for yourself. Like you're like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to get it out there. I'm not like you said. You're not waiting for anybody. That's right. You're going to do it because you know this is your passion. You know you want to just you want to put yourself out there. That's right. And I feel like you had the faith in yourself, the confidence in yourself, and you knew how special this was or it is. Yeah. And it's, it's also because of the reception online. Mm-hmm. So one thing I did notice um, after painting, I think, the first four, and I shared it online and sharing it with um, uh, Ineka Stella. She is the one of the subjects. She's Kendike. Okay. And she is a, a New York uh, in there. She owns the head rap company called Rap Life. Oh, I've heard of Rap Life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Ineka El, uh, Stella, um, Ineka Stella, she's, uh, <laughs> she's the um, the owner of the company. Okay. So she is Kendike. Wow. Right? So I showed it to her. She was blown away. And she posted it on her Instagram and the company's Instagram page. And in one day... Like I got, ridiculous. I don't know, probably about five thousand women following <laughs> following me. No word of a lie. I had to shut my phone off because the notifications were coming too fast and just too many. Wow. And I ended up basically with five thousand new followers. Um, and I'm talking about active women who were like, "Thank you, your work is amazing." And so, th- based on them, these followers are the ones that have carried the message to their friends and told other women. Yeah. And they're the ones that have been buying the series and buying the prints and wow. supporting the cause. And and then wh- I think one of them works at uh, Afropunk. And you know, you've heard of Afropunk. Oh, yeah, okay. definitely. Okay. Yes. So, um, <laughs> I looked at you like that because I was like, what? Afro- like- <laughs> and Afropunk posted, I did a painting of Basquiat. For a client, and I did a it was um time lapse, okay, uh, of me doing the basket part of the basket painting, and um, Afropunk reposted it. I've seen your time lapse videos. I think they're yeah. really cool. Yeah, those are really fun. And uh, I didn't even know this was happening. This is how you know things are happening at that moment. I'm on my phone. Next time, I, I I it just goes ping 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 ping, ping and you can't. Go back to see because so much messages are coming in, wow. so you don't know where the original source of Came why these people are following you. So eventually, someone kind of re- reposted it, and I kind of saw, oh, it was Afro Punk, and I was I went on there, and pff, it was it was a great reception. Wow! So it's and it's it's really humbling too. That's what I mean. So to see all of this happening, to see the reception, see the way it's going. So mm-hmm. I'm really happy of, of the direction we're going in and. Um, the series, yeah, I'm going to continue the Adelani series on, into next year for the next for the next show. Okay. I just found out today that Young and Dundas, Young the Young and Dundas Square. Okay. Next week. Okay. Is going to showcase my work. Shut up. Yeah. So if you're if you are between October 30th to um, 
November 30th. It's going to run for a month. They're going to showcase my work up in Dundas Square. When you see it, take a picture. <laughs> that and tag is, me. I mean, congratulations again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Man, you. you are just, this was, you know, when things are just meant to be, like you just, it's like just, it was supposed to happen. Oh, this is I, beautiful. I, it's, I'm, I'm just humbled by it because these people contacting me are so blown away by it. And I'm just like, wait, what is happening? So that's the same thing, Young and Nandas. I didn't know this was happening. That's wow. They just shoot me an email and they're like, you're the first artist we're doing this for. You're the first. Yeah, so they so wow. this they they installed five new screens at um in the Dundas Square. I'm sure you probably haven't no one has noticed this. I only noticed because I was told the information, but five new screens have actually been installed at Dundas Square and it's going to showcase on those screens. Oh, your whole series? No, not or, the whole series. Just one of my works. One of them. Okay. Yeah, one of my works. I mean, still. That is yeah. What? Listen, Oprah's going to be calling you, Issa Rae, <laughs> like Tracy Ellis Ross. Like everyone's going to want to want a portrait. Everybody. This is so special. Thank and you. I love that. Like, I know you, you've done, like you said, other people in the past, like white. It doesn't really, it, you weren't really going for any specific race. But I like that it just naturally aligned and it kind of, it came to doing like women of color, especially being under so underrepresented. That's right. For so long. Um, but I definitely see a boom in representation and um, celebration. That's right. And even with our own, with ourselves, like black women are now being more just accepting of themselves and being mm-hmm. happy and embracing their culture, embracing right. um, how they look. That's right. And um, I definitely think that's a beautiful thing. And even in the quote unquote celebrity world, because um, when you have such a status, you do have kind of a responsibility or even you have a huge impact on other people little girls seeing you That's so I right. think even celebrities I've noticed them um, taking a stand and even just being themselves and just like even with um, How Do We With Murder mm-hmm. um, I can't remember the actress's name but there was an episode in that show with Shonda Rhimes of course you know she's an amazing yeah. director yeah. there's an episode where the lead the lead actress in the show black woman and she takes off her wig in the show and that was one of the most talked about, most powerful scenes Episodes. of, I think it was 2016 or, yeah, 2016. It was amazing. I was like, Viola Whoa. Davis. Viola Davis. Thank you. Yeah. Viola Davis. Beautiful actress. Yeah. And um, I was like, that was just like, I was like, wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, so it's, what you're doing is just, it's like you. timing. Like for you, I feel like you're just, you're like a time master. Everything just always aligns for you. <laughs> I, you know, like I said to you. I don't know what's happening, <laughs> but once once it happens, I'm running with it, right? It's a beautiful. Yeah, so that's that's also the the biggest thing about really why I, I paint and do what I do is it's really about telling our stories, right? Is mm-hmm. we need to tell our stories and not have our stories told for us, mm. because when someone else tells you story, yeah, there's parts that are gonna be missing in that story, mm-hmm. or it might not be appropriately told. Mm. And our, our story as a people, whether even you look at Africa as a bunch of different countries with different stories and different leaders, a lot of times those stories have been changed and told by other people that we are now taking that back and telling our stories. So we can pass those, we can, we can change the the way that we are portrayed yeah. on the global scene. And that's the same thing with art, is when you look at contemporary art, apart from Basquiat, 
Can you name any other black artist? I personally can't, no. Okay. Now, anybody listening, I want you to think about that question. Except you're really into the arts and you love arts. If you're just, uh, you know, someone who appreciates art, apart from Basquiat, mm-hmm. can you name any, any other black artist? And all people say, no, I can't. And that's sad. And we need to talk more about you know, the black artists of today, mm-hmm. the black artists of the past. I'm sure there's lots. There's so many. I'm sure. There's, right? Yeah. Um, one, of the, one of the ones that people know, but don't, quite even, don't know his name or don't remember, is a, a fellow by the name of Ernie, uh, Arnie, Ernie Burns. Do you remember Good Times? Oh, of course. Okay. Remember JJ at one point started painting? Yes. Okay. The, the, the paintings JJ was painting on the show were actually done by Ernie Burns. He ended up being the guy that did the cover of Marvin Gaye's album. The oh. one with the shack where they're all dancing. Yeah. Most of his characters have their eyes closed. Yes. Yeah. So he's, and he's a very known black artist and a lot of people know his work, just don't know who he is or his name. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. So he, and actually, for some reason, I heard that JJ, like the, I'm not sure what his real name is in real life, but he was also actually an actual artist himself in real life. Really? Yeah, something like that. Unless someone was confusing it with that oh, artist yeah, that you I just, yeah. I have to look that up again, but I heard something that about that, that he was mm-hmm. an actual artist in real life, like he painted or something like that. Mm. But, but um, and even right now, I mean, there, there are a lot of amazing, talented black artists that, mm-hmm. of course, are getting a lot of notoriety and fame and a lot of people are known about them. And yeah. I think as Basquiat is, is, is at that level now where everyone knows him is really because of pop culture. Yes. So I, I can understand that, but a I think we need to talk that. more about who these people are, and a lot of Matemba are very powerful stories about the current times we're living in and recording our times. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing I wanted to do. It's almost like the James Brown song, I'm Black and I'm Proud. Yeah. If you listen to that song, it takes you back to the 1960s. Yeah. Right? You feel like, if you really just put on earphones, listen to that song, you, I swear, you feel like you're back in the 60s. Yeah. You don't feel like you're in your current time. It takes you back. You feel what they felt when they first heard that song. And you feel that pride in that song. Yeah, when you blast that song, I'm like, yeah, I'm black and I'm proud. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. Not even at all. saying it. No. No, not at all. Nothing should be wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Ever. So that's part of with, with this is my subjects don't have our hue in mm-hmm. painting, but they have the colorfulness of our interior characters, mm. the brightness of who we are internally, because yeah. we're beautiful people. And we need the world to see that. Mm-hmm. Right, they shouldn't be seeing us in certain lights. Mm-hmm. No, no uh, high incarceration rates, or you know all the negative aspects of poverty. You know, being aligned with our skin tone, or you know, uh, you look at countries in Africa, corruption and things like that. No, we should be honored for the best of what we do the and things. the best of who we are, and not the negatives. And exactly. so we are able to tell those stories. We are able to change the narrative mm-hmm. in, in, in the, the different things we do as creatives, right? So if you, I mean, so let, let's talk a little bit about Issa when you, with her show. I love that show because it's just so natural. It's literally <laughs> like a friend. She's, she's like a friend of mine. She really is. Right? It's, yeah. And I, I look at it and I was like, this is... The black woman in 2016, 2017. This is is. now, right? And so you feel the originality, and that's why she she won, you know. um, Wait, did she win? No, she didn't. No, she didn't didn't win. No, sorry. 
but she got recognition. Did she? Yeah, yeah she did. Um, who won was... Uh, Atlanta the, won. Atlanta. There Atlanta. we go. Donald, Donald, Donald Glover. Glover. Um, and he won because same thing. Your originality in your show. Now, of course, there's some certain things in your show, some the, 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 the negative aspects of who we are, but it's just who we are. Yeah. But also, it's more than that, right? And But we're telling the story. And let... Uh, yeah, we're telling it. Yeah, exactly. Someone else is not telling that story. Exactly. We're telling the story, <laughs> right? No, so think... it's authentic and original. It's amazing. Yeah. So I want to know from you, what does being a creative entrepreneur mean to you? Like, what's your definition and take on that? Being a creative entrepreneur means to always keep hustling. Never get complacent. Mm. Always keep pushing yourself. Um, because you can be just an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. which is just selling your work. Mm-hmm. But to be creative, a creative entrepreneur is always to, to find ways to push yourself to be better than you were three months ago, six months ago, or a year ago. Okay. And provide in, in the product that you're selling to your audience. Because I can sell, I can just stop right now and keep selling the head wrap series. Okay. I'm no longer a creative entrepreneur. I'm just an entrepreneur. I'm just selling your product. But to be creative is to decide to how do I now sell something else to you in a different way. Mm-hmm. You also have to be creative in how you sell to your to your audience, right? Because you have to remember, a lot of people say, I don't patronize black businesses because such and such. Yeah. Um, well, how do you kill those stereotypes and make it seem like, well, this is not a black business. This is a business. Yes. Right? It's like... Uh, we had a discussion about the podcast, right? This is not a black podcast. This is a podcast. Podcast. Right? And I'm I'm not a black artist. I'm just an artist who happens to be black. Yes. Right? Um, so how do you sell your product differently sometimes? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you approach your craft in a different way where people will appreciate what it is that you're selling? So come up with different ideas. And it's, it's a hard journey, but it's really, it's really about... Sometimes you got to reinvent yourself, hmm. right? You, um, but the most important thing is consistency, um, not being complacent, and always striving to be good at what you do. You might not be the best, but being good at what you do is important, hmm. right? So I am never trying to be the best. I'm trying to be good at what, I, at what I'm doing. I'm trying to be better than my sales this year were better than they were last year. So my sales next year are definitely going to be better than they are right now. And that's the whole idea of really striving to be better. Okay. If it stops, then something's wrong. Right? You have you have to find different ways to be the creative entrepreneur. It's, it's harder because sometimes as a creative entrepreneur, you might not be necessarily knowledgeable in uh, economics and business and mm-hmm. marketing and how to you know, market your product more effectively. Okay. But you can learn these things online, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's, uh, there's sources out there. You can find, you know, me- mentor, right? Like I mentioned, find a mentor that is very good at what they do and and how they can help you market yourself or, you know, run your business a little more smoother than you're running it. But for me, personally, it's those two things. Thank you. That That's really helpful. I think people will take from that because... Sometimes you get stuck and you're just like, okay, like you get, you get, it's easy to get complacent a little Mm -hmm. bit. 
So it's just reminding yourself, okay, like, what can I just growth, continuous growth. How can I get better? What can I do? Mm-hmm. It's not just about the monetary value. That's right. It's about the passion. It's about the creativity and always just doing more mm-hmm. for people because you're, you're creating something that's going to impact someone else, not just give you more money. That's right. But money's still important. Of course. Right? Well, I mean, <laughs> we got to eat. <laughs> no, no, so I mean, money is important. No, but you got to eat. Of course. Uh, you got to pay rent. Yeah. You know? But your passion will that's bring right. that. Like, that's right. When you, I feel like you'll bring it even more. That's right. Then when you're solely just doing it for the money, I feel like you'll make even more because you're so passionate and because you want to have such an impact on people. That's right. I always say, uh, don't do it for the money, um, but think about how money can be involved. All right. So what I mean by that is, when I was there was a there was a I, okay. I, it's interesting I'm going to talk about this, but back in 2016, uh, early 2016, I did a specific collection just for money. It was based on the, the portraits that I believe would sell. Okay. So I kind of did a survey with a bunch of collectors. If I did, if I painted such and such, would you buy? Yes. What paintings are you looking to buy? What portraits are you looking to buy? And it gave me all these names. Okay. And I painted most of these people. Okay. And I was thinking, oh, nice. I'm going to sell all this stuff, man. You know, like put some money in the bank. You yeah. know, right? I've done my, my research. Now I can just put it into work. And and none of this was passionate. This is just strictly, just I just wanted to. monitor you know, that. Yeah. Okay. There was, there, there was no, I wasn't you know, passionate about what I was painting. I just wanted to put it out there. Two sold? Out of how many? Twelve. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Um, not 12, but I think 10, 11, because one of them I kind of like put in in storage where no one would ever see it. Okay. I, was, I, was, I personally wasn't quite happy yeah. with it. Um, but yeah, a bunch of them, um, they didn't sell. Interesting. And and people were like, oh, yeah, these are the names you got to get. Yeah. And, you know, and oh, see, if you passion. Do that, if oh. you do that, I'll, I'll buy that. I did it. You ready to buy? Oh, no. It was nice, though. Wow. And then I realized... That didn't come from my heart. None of those pieces no. came from my heart. All those pieces were me being greedy, mm. just wanted to make money, so I did them. And I learned my mistake. And from that point, I said, I'll never paint any of this crap again. If it's not something that speaks to me, I'm not touching it. Well, it was a hard lesson to learn, but it was a lesson. That's right. It just kind of, I think, even proved to you even more that you have to work on passion. That's right. And genuinity, so yeah. I think that's amazing. And it, and tr- be be true to yourself. The money will always come, but you got you got to be patient. And you and also one thing I realized: you got to stop looking at other people. Mm. Right, that yeah. one's hard sometimes when you're first starting out, too, especially. That's right, um, but that comes back to staying humble and remaining in your lane. So I'll tell you two stories. First one is a cartoon. I saw it was just a cartoon image I saw on online. It's a race, a sprint between Batman, Superman, and Flash. They're all about to start to, to race. Okay. Both Batman, sorry, both uh, Superman and Flash are looking at Batman, saying, "What is he doing?" And Batman says, "I'm Batman," and that's it. Now people look at it and laugh because yeah. clearly Flash is faster. Uh, Flash and Superman are basically will destroy 
Batman because Batman is human. He's not a superhero. He's not yeah. a, a mutant or a superhero. He's just really a human being. He's a mortal. But Batman believes so much in himself that I am Batman. If I stay in my lane, I will beat you. So those two were pretty much lost in what is he doing? And he was, no, he's gone. Right? So that's the thing about life is that if you're focused too much on what somebody else is doing, and you're saying, oh, that's what my competition is doing, or blah, blah. It's always good to know what your, your competitors are doing. Yeah. But never envy that or be too focused on that and lose lose sight of what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. There is a, an, an amazing artist. I will still call her. And I, if you ever hear this podcast, I'm talking about you. <laughs> I will not mention your name, but you know who you are. And I hope that you're, you're mature enough to go past this. She's an amazing artist. And she also paints women in head wraps. And very talented. I followed her. Um, and I've, I've always been, you know, very supportive of her work. Every single time she's showing a process, she's alive on Instagram. I'm chatting with her. This is amazing. Keep going. Because that's what we need as a community. And she's, she's also her sister. So I'm like, you know what? Who better than a brother to support you and as also an artist and really push you? And all of a sudden, one day, I noticed that she blocked me. Wow, that hurts. That, and I I'm felt like, that. Wow. And then I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is kind of strange. Then her mother comments on one of my pieces and says, oh, this reminds me of some girl I know. You were better off painting with the other stuff that you were painting. And I just kind of, you know, I like the comment uh, to show that I saw it, yeah. but I'm not going to respond with negativity. Yeah. And if, if that's the approach you want to take, that's completely fine. She kind of feels that she needs she she she's better than me, and she should be getting the type of recognition that I'm getting, but she fails to realize that she's distracted with things like that, saying, "Oh, what is this person doing? Why is this person doing better than me? Not only me, but to other people." Yeah, that she stays she's stuck, and she's very talented, and I do think that she's. When her time is right and when that moment comes for her, she will get there. Yeah. But she's she's so stuck. And me at this point, I'm like, that's fine. Block me? Totally fine. I, I, have, this, I have no question. That quest. is so sad. Right? Wow. Um, and that's that's the thing is you got to stop focusing on what other people are doing and keep doing you. Mm-hmm. Right? 100%. Everyone has their time. Every single person has their time. Right? If you look at, for a great example, it's like... Um, you see it all the time. People go through ups and downs, ups and downs, and then only peak at some certain point. Robert Downing Jr. has been in the industry for how long? Oh, f- since he was in his since teens. Forever, right? Yeah. Had a serious drug problem, right? Everybody pretty much back, I mean, this has happened when I first came to Canada, I remember. Everybody was like, he's done. Yeah, drug, he's going to rehab. He's, I remember he was caught in a motel or whatever. Like, yeah, he's done. And then some give him a chance and put him on Alan Beal, and that was it from there. And look at him right now. He's one of the biggest stars in the world. You know him as Iron Man. That's right. <laughs> but if if he got... He, think about if he kept on getting distracted, whether it's with drugs or other things. What if he kept on getting distracted? He would never be where he is today. Mm. Right? So that's the main thing is really focus. Stay in your lane. Stay humble. Stay in your lane. Focus on your stuff and just keep going. And eventually, you will get to where you're supposed to get to. Thank you. Well, on that note, I literally could talk to you all day. <laughs> <laughs> same here. Same here. I, 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 I can talk for hours. 
Listen, I could listen to you for hours. You're <laughs> you're very very wise, and I really appreciate you coming and sitting I'm only down and learning. speaking. I'm only learning. Listen to you. You're, I think he's too humble, guys. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. But no, I really appreciate this. Thank this you. Has been such an amazing conversation. I feel like we need a part two because there's just so much more. I know you have in you. Let me. Whatever you want me back, <laughs> let me back. I will definitely. You will definitely be back. Um, I have one more question though that I like to ask everybody. That's a fun little kind of question I've okay. kind of carried over from when it was a blog post. Um, what's the one thing you cannot leave the house without minus your cell phone? Driver's license. Okay. That was quick and easy. Yeah. Okay. Just so when they stop you, you have ID. <laughs> Very efficient. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. No. I cannot. That no. is, that's so true. It's true. It's true. Let me tell you something. Whenever they stop you, the first thing you ask is for ID. If you don't have your ID, you're in trouble. Oh, As gosh. a black man. The first thing you want to do is, here it is, you know. Um, yeah, so I'm sorry. That's just if I, I, I can leave. I can I can leave the house without the cell phone. Of course, okay. um, I'm totally fine. I don't get that separation anxiety, but um, I have to have some form of identification. Yeah. Okay, well, kudos to you for leaving your phone at home. Good for you. Thank you. <laughs> because, man, a lot of us cannot. So, that's it's one of those things. Plus, <laughs> my phone is crap. So, oh, whatever. okay. I- <laughs> Um, so where can we find you on social media? You can find me, um, my website is www.bennybing.com. Okay. Uh, that's B-E-N-N-Y-B-I-N-G.com. You can also find me on Instagram, at Benny Bing, Twitter, at Benny Bing. Or you can also search on Facebook for my page, Benny Bing. Benny Bing all around. That's right. Okay. Well, I will, of course, will have everything at the bottom of the blog, as I always do. So, again, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's, it's an honor, Jodianne, to be on here <laughs> and to, to, to share all my experiences so far with you and uh, whatever little knowledge and nuggets I could put in there. Listen, the little, time. you gave some huge nuggets. I'm rich right now. We're all rich. I'm happy that I'm happy that you're rich. Great. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thank so until so next episode, talk to you again. Bye.